Welcome to Psalm 102 in the Message, a podcast. I'm Jeff Pondertwarty. Do you always notice who's standing behind you or in front of you in line? You know, these days we might notice because they're just a little too close. I met a guy last year in line I'm about to introduce to you. He's really smart and a blessing in my life. I'm excited to share my recent conversation with Mark Finley. He'll share with us some things about his journey with God I found pretty inspiring. I hope you do too. And I'll see you on the other side. Very good. All right. Mark Finley. Mark Finley, are you there? I am. Great. Thank there, you. There you are. Mark Finley. Um, it, this 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 whole thing that that uh, that I'm trying to do, which is basically to interview my friends and to ask them about their spiritual journey. Sometimes it's just kind of like the only thing that kind of like the only the only impediment to all of it is the technology. Uh, but the technology makes it feasible for other people to listen and to share and all that stuff. So it's it's it goes back and forth. But anyway, Mark Finley, you know, should I say Father Mark? What are you well, comfortable you with? Can. I know over the years people have asked me what is the appropriate title to um, to refer to me as, and uh, there was one time that I had just met this couple. I was uh, assigned to a uh, parish, hadn't been there very long, and they asked me what it was that uh, would be appropriate to re- to call me as, with you know, Mark or Father or whatever. And I said, "Well, your Eminence would be okay." <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> It kind of broke the ice a little bit, and so we ended up becoming very good friends. And so, uh, actually, Mark is okay, or Father Mark, or your eminence. Or your eminence. <laughs> I, I, I can't even write it down, because I've never, I've never written that. So yeah, I, I don't know to, that I could spell it either. To, so. <laughs> dictionary.com and say, eminence. And uh, so, there you go. Um, so, where, where did we cross paths first? How did we get to know each other? Do you remember? Well, yeah, it was at uh, UTS, which is an acronym for United Theological Seminary in Dayton, Ohio. I had uh, had the opportunity of looking into a Doctor of Ministry program, and so as a first-year E-Men student, <laughs> we had to go through registration, and was standing there uh, behind you, and... The individual who was taking information had asked you where you were from, and you had said Alabama, and it really surprised me because I didn't think anyone else would be there from Alabama, and that struck up that conversation, and all of a sudden feeling a little like, I don't know, was I in over my head? Was I doing okay? It was a real, it was a real uh, comfort to have met somebody else from Alabama, and on top of that... Um, very happy to say this, that you and I hit it off uh, really well right off the bat. So I uh, found that to be honestly very providential. So that's why I remember how we met. There we go. I wish I wish we could still get along, but, you know, things have happened, so it's just it's just so difficult. Um, yeah, you're trying. You, you are trying at times. That, tr- that's okay. <laughs> now, here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. But let me ask you this, and I'm going to ask you this, and I may edit this out. Who knows? Um, let me, let me ask you, well, let me say this. First of all, my wife, um, eavesdropped on our conversation, phone conversation last night, setting all this up. And, uh, she said, I, she said, I assume you're talking to Mark. 
I said, yeah, I was. She said, does he like the way you talk to him? I mean, does he like that? So let me ask you that. Do you like the way I talk to you? Sure. No, I don't. That doesn't bother me at all. I don't. I don't know if there was a there was a, a concern on your wife's part that was it appropriate? Was it too familiar? I'm not sure what. Well, she she well her really her but, point her 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 point no. was you talk to him so mean. You talk to him so mean, and oh, uh, I never felt that at all. <laughs> I've never felt that way at all. No, 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 no. I guess I guess no, the thing. Yeah, I guess the thing is, is that I talk to you with such a with such a familiarity, and so right. you know, I can't help but I can't help but tease you, and I want to make you laugh, and uh, I like it when you make me laugh. So there you go. So that that's that's part of our relationship. So that that, that that's my twist on everything. Here's the deal: when you were standing behind me, and I think I've told you this, I might not have. When you were standing behind me, because it, it was orientation day. You know, so we're all lining up to get our three ring binders and our, you know, student manuals and yada yada and our syllabus, syllabusi or whatever that word is, uh, syllabi, whatever it is. And uh, I saw this guy standing behind me, two day growth beard, uh, kind of a beat up uh, Boise State ball cap and a backpack and a bomber jacket kind of and some worn jeans and and I literally thought. Well, maybe, because I was thinking the same thing. I thought, I'm over my head. I am back in seminary. What in the world am I doing here? And I thought, well, maybe this guy behind me is just one of my angels following me just to tell me everything's going to be all right. And so when when, when you said to me, uh, after I said I was from Alabama, you said, hey, I'm from Alabama. And I looked at you like, good. <laughs> Yeah, I'm so glad. Yeah, yeah, we're not the only two knuckleheads. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and so the funny thing is, is that like you know, in in half a day, it's like we'd known we'd known each other for years. So that was just that was just so funny and so cool. So, all right, so that's that's how we cross paths, uh, doing the whole D men thing. And you're the faithful one, and uh, I'm the one that jumped the train. So, but that's that's for another day to talk. Um. So anyway, so that's that's we got together and we get together relatively often still and all that. Now you are a uh, an Episcopal priest, and uh, tell the folks where your where your parish is located. Well, and if I could do a uh, um, just a clarification, and I certainly don't want this Jeff to sound like a, an infomercial. <laughs> I'm technically. I'm technically not an Episcopal priest, and I only say that because uh, the denomination I'm a part of doesn't have any direct affiliation with uh, the Episcopal Church USA or what would be called ECUSA. It's actually a denomination uh, called the Charismatic Episcopal Church. Yes. And um, so even though it has Episcopal in its name, sometimes I at times have had to clarify that, that we are... We're Catholic, but we're not Roman uh, in that sense, but we're probably more um, similar to the Orthodox in anything. So I'm sorry to have to make that that little clarification, but I just think sometimes it's it's useful. So anyway. No, we're good. I, I'm, I'm, I'm all you said I'm well aware of and uh, just kind of like leading up to where we are now. Um, you're... you're uh, your church, your parish, is uh, Church of the Reconciler, 
CEC uh, in Fairfield, Alabama, West Birmingham. Okay. Uh, how'd you get here? Because you're not originally from Alabama, are you? No, I uh, I grew up in Idaho in the Northwest, and my actually my folks grew up there, so I was a several generation Idahoan, and <laughs> I had never been to the Deep South at all in my life. So we have been here now for five years and a month, and it is in many ways wonderful in some ways challenging. It's been quite a journey to go from the far northwest to the deep, deep south. So. <laughs> Very good. Right. And um, so you, you grew up in Idaho, right? You didn't grow up Episcopalian, uh, but uh, your, your original church affiliation, you would say, was Baptist, correct? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Grew up uh, Baptist. It was an American Baptist church and uh, was affiliated with that probably till I was around 13, and then, uh, as it were, did not go to church at all for the next few years, and then through a series of events ended up actually becoming Roman Catholic in my late teens, mm -hmm. and was affiliated with the Roman Catholic Church until, well, let's see, it had to have been uh, in my early 40s, I ended up becoming a member of the the ICCEC, at any rate, the uh, Charismatic <laughs> Episcopal Church. Yeah. Sure, yeah. I want to hear about a little bit about your own spiritual journey. If you were to ask somebody who sat in your church to talk about their spiritual journey, they would probably give you, you know, 40 minutes. Some of them could. Uh, some of them could say, I haven't even, I never thought about it. All I know is I love God and here I am. You know, and a lot of people were somewhere in between that. But what I, I, you know, what I really want to know is taking into account that we're all on spiritual journeys. Right now, on this day, this this day in November, I'm asking you about perhaps uh, maybe some formative things that you could maybe point to that you could tell us that you might want to share today about about your own spiritual journey and maybe some things that you could point to as kind of like landmarks for you in. Uh, in your walk with God, what might you want to share with us today? Well, let me begin by saying, once upon a time, a long, long time ago. <laughs> in a galaxy far, far yeah, away. Yeah, in a far, far... You know, when I think of that, maybe we all have such a, a unique background in, in ways that um, we look back and realize how formative it was. So when I when I think of that question, Jeff, there's there's something that comes to mind that I that I think would be valuable to share because I think it points to the whole spiritual journey in my life. There's a particular passage that uh, has meant a lot to me over many many decades, and it's a passage that has been given to me, let's say, through um, people who have various giftings and hearing from the Lord, and um, at any rate, that passage is um, Joshua 1.9, and I suppose that for those who are familiar with the scriptures, that may be a scripture that is fairly well known. At any rate, it, what it says is, have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage, do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I've always kind of felt that I've had this adventure streak in me. And for over, good heavens, it's been going on 40, 40 years now, 
I've had the opportunity to uh, work as a guide in the wilderness area in Idaho. Now, I used to do that. It was just a summer job, but I used to do that full time. And now I will just go and do uh, a trip or two during the summer. But it's had such a, a parallel focal point for me in regarding my spiritual life. And I don't know if I can create briefly with the time that we have a word picture to illustrate that. But one of the things that you do as a guide is you're on, you're on a boat with guests and you're on a whitewater river, so there's a lot of rapids. And what, you, what you're trained to do is to look down the river about 100 yards and back and 100 yards and back. And what you're looking for are potential dangers, hazards that you can keep the boat from getting caught in a real pickle, as it were. hate that. And so you're, <laughs> in a sense, you're constantly on the look for potential problems. And I think that when I look back at that word, I realize that in some ways the Lord was wanting to let me know that in the journey that he's had me on, that it's not me needing to be looking for problems. It's me trusting him that I'm on the journey, I'm on the river, and... He's with me, and I have a, enough of a skill set regarding his grace that uh, he's going to get me there. And so to learn to not to be afraid of the risk or afraid of the journey or dismayed about things that I might look at and go, good heavens, how are we going to get through that one? Hmm. The second thing I would say is, again, back on using the river as an illustration, is there's a section on that river where you go through the second deepest canyon in the United States. And so you tell people to look up, and they'll look up and ooh and ah, and they might say, well, it doesn't seem like it's all that far up to where the top is. And I say, well, you climb up there to where you see the top, and you recognize you're not at the top. There's a whole lot farther to go to get to the top. And so I think in regards, again, to my spiritual journey, it's been a recognition that at any one moment, I can't always see exactly where I'm at in my own spiritual journey. And I might think I can see where I'm at, but I recognize my perspective may be much more limited than I thought. And to get to the point, a little higher vantage point, that I can see that um, there's further to go and there's great, there's more wonder and um, beauty to behold. And so it's recognizing, again, not to be using that that Joshua passage, not to be disconcerted or dismayed about where am I on this spiritual journey, because I don't know if I can see what's coming up next. Yeah. And I, I think it's been, been learning to try to trust the fact that, okay, Lord, you got me. So that's kind of like even moving from Idaho to Alabama. It's like, okay, here we go. Uh, I'm not sure what this is going to look like, yeah. but I feel that this where the Lord wants to, to take us. So that would be one thing I would share, and I don't know if you want to interject anything. There would be a, well, a couple of other moments with the Lord that have been stellar, yeah. but I think in some ways that really encapsulates a lot of this spiritual journey in my life is that um, that river experience that I have seen that I think the Lord, in for me anyway, is an illustration that um, He gets us there and... He leads us where he where he wants us to go. We we've got to keep into the game. In other words, we have to pay attention. Yeah. But um, so. Yeah. Um, see, I I I find so much so much to to me um, in what you just said. Because right now, and as you have been, 
as an adult that your 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 calling and your place in the kingdom uh, is to be that guide on a boat with you know those who are with you. Um, not everybody. Well, you could say not everybody um, is uh, guiding themselves. They're part of one vehicle. And they're going down one way, and it just happens that uh, you're the one that's that's providing the leadership uh, in the journey for everybody in that. So in that in that regard, that's so to me. Talk about encapsulating to me that that encapsulates you as the priest of your parish, thing that uh, you know the pastor of the of the church, the shepherd of the flock, and all that. So all that is just is so rich to me. You know, and I just, as I said, I know that in my own life, I have. I have went back to that often and recognized that life is with the Lord is an absolute adventure, and I mean that in all the the positive ways as well as the dark nights and as it says in Psalm 23, going through the you know those those places of shadows and recognizing the Lord's rod and staff is there to comfort us. Yeah, we get on side, and so I. You know, it just seems as though we go through things and we recognize that he is faithful. And, uh, you know, and I think at times that faithfulness gets, um, just becomes maybe even more in focus when you recognize, well, he was with me in that last moment, so he will certainly be with me in this moment here now. So I'm learning to not only trust him more, but recognizing that what kind of fellowship I have with him. And that becomes very comforting, and it seems as though knowing one's position with the Lord as as a beloved son or a beloved daughter, it makes all the difference in the world. Sure. It makes all the difference in the world, because then it has nothing to do with, you know, trying to make the way on your own. It's recognizing he's the one who put me here, so he's the one who's going to get me through it. So yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah. yeah. Well, you made I reference. The other... oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I would, say, I would say maybe one other thing when you ask me that about, you know, any moments. And I know that it's trying to, you look at life and try to pick out what would be some things that might be of, of, um, of importance. And I think probably another one that was a life-changing moment for me was when to use that phrase to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And or to have that experience of the release of the Holy Spirit, that that moment, and it for me it happened in 1979. So I was what 25 years old, 24, 25 years old, and had that experience of baptism of the Holy Spirit, and that really changed the the direction and trajectory of my life spiritually in regards to understanding the presence of the Lord in a much more palatable way that that led me to having a real desire to see people be touched and and set free from things that the Lord could do in a lot of different ways, but in particular through, uh, as the scriptures has those testimonies. And so that was a real, that was a real watershed moment for me that really changed the trajectory of my life and has been a tremendous influence for, uh, ministry as being ordained and I was from that moment I would have been ordained six years later and it had such an impact upon me throughout that throughout my ministry mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. that experience so anyway I just thought I would share very that cool too. That very good there. that's excellent what would you say would be important for you in the company you keep 
in your spiritual journey. Does that make sense to you? Do I need to unpack that anymore or what? Can you well, run with you know, that? I, 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 can, I, I can presume that I think I know where you're, where you're wanting to tap into. All I can do is to tell you what, what comes to mind for me and to see if, if we're kind of on the same page. Mm-hmm. And again, maybe I am, like I said, unique. Maybe I'm a knucklehead here. I'm not sure <laughs> in regards to you know, how I might hear some of that. But when you say that to me, Jeff, about the sense of the company that we keep in regards to my spiritual life, spiritual journey, and all of that, I would have to say with absolute sincerity, it is my wife would be first and foremost, apart from the Lord, of course. Yeah, yeah. And I did not get married until I was, what, 42. And I had not been married before. So I got married later. I know that in regards to sharing this life of ministry, with my wife, having had, um, good heavens, almost 15 years or so in ministry where I did not have a spouse, uh, was like two different worlds. Mm-hmm. And so that whole sense of knowing what it's like to have someone that is walking that journey with you. And I realize that some clergy, and there, I realize more clergy are married than not married, but I was um, clergy for like I said, for a a significant amount of time that was not married. But at any rate, upon being married and having the ability to share that ministry with someone else, knowing what it was like to have not had that prior, opened up a whole new, again, world for me in understanding how it's able to relate to um, the importance of community with the people I'm called to serve. Mm-hmm. And I saw it from a from a very different. I don't even know how to articulate that. From a very different, wonderful, um, heartfelt perspective, where the other one I think was meaning before I was married was was significant, but it just seemed more palatable afterwards. And so it made that sense of walking with people, being able to relate in a way that before was I had a distance from it. Now, all of a sudden, I had a, a close-up. Sure. And so that sense of community has become very important um, because I just recognize the richness of it. And um, my heavens, we are all on this together. Yeah. And uh, it's, uh, it's a wonderful journey. And I guess the, the other thing I would say when you ask that question is, and I have felt this way for a long time, that I've, I've wondered when those initial disciples that Jesus called, if they ever looked at one another and, and would say, good heavens, can you believe it? How is it that he called us to be together with him? Because we may not have gravitated towards one another at all in the natural, but now we're here because he's called us, and we have so many differences, and yet we're in this together, and we're moving in the same direction. Yeah. And so there's times I will look at the people I'm called to serve, and I realize that it's sad to say some come and some go, but for those who have stayed the course, and hopefully that's no judgment on anyone who has moved on, trusting that the Lord's leading him in that direction, and that's fine. But for those ones that I have continued to, um, to walk with, I can sometimes look at that and think, my, 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 think <laughs> of the Lord's providence that he brought us together. And... Um, if it were not for him, we would have never, ever had the opportunity of our lives crossing like they have. And that, to me, is such a, such a delight. Yeah. Because it's the ones that the Lord wants us to uh, interact with. It's of his choosing. 
and uh, what a marvelous thing to behold. Yes, yes. Well, let me let me let me slow us down here and say, is there anything particular that um, anything else that you particularly want to share, or anything you'd say the Lord was stirring in you that you wanted to uh, give me or give us? Jeff, I want to finish well. Amen. And. And I will tell people, like I said, that, and Stacy and I will, will do this, people that were called to serve, to say one of my prayers is, is that no matter what it takes, no matter what it takes, that, that uh, each of us will fulfill that wonderful assignment, those promises that the Lord has kept um, on our behalf uh, for us, that we will fulfill those. That at the end of this life, whether we even realizing we're fulfilling it, that if we can pray that prayer, Lord, give me the desire to fulfill your desire for my life, for your honor and glory, and for my upbuilding and salvation, but that we will finish well. Because I want to be That's one of those great. ones that... That's great. That, uh, I, I've, I've thought of this too, and I've said that often. Like, What would it be like if at the end of this life, we could say, Lord, you granted me the grace to love you with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love my neighbors, myself. And doggone it, you gave me the grace. <laughs> and it was all you, but I walked that out as best I could. Very that cool. seems to me to be um, a wonderful thing to start running towards. So, as I said, all that to put it back into a nutshell, to finish well. That's great. That's wonderful. Very good. Here we go. Um, I asked you to think about them and uh, think about these last questions. And so uh, here we go. All right. Your uh, favorite meal right now. What would you say would be your favorite meal, Mark Finley? So I will not go on and on about this, I assure you. But I thought about that <laughs> and I thought, I like food. Um <laughs> And my wife is a really good cook. Excellent. And, and um, I can do some things okay myself. But, you know, when I really thought about that, I thought, man, this is such a simple answer. <laughs> I really like a great cheeseburger with all of the trimmings. Oh you know, the lettuce and the tomato and the pickles and the and jalapeno. Yeah. And, and ketchup and mayo and fries and a cold, cold beer. <laughs> it's just that simple. It's just that oh, simple. And the funny thing is, wonderful. is, it's not that I have a lot of those, but I thought, you know, that to me is, that's a great meal. But it's not a meal to have alone. No, very good. Not feel that have alone, but that to me Excellent. is. Excellent. I thought about that. And I thought, isn't that interesting? That that's where I, that's where I ended up. That's that wonderful. That is so a cool. Great burger, and cold beer. Um, do you remember us eating? We we ate at the uh, the restaurant that was in the hotel. Um, yes. In Dayton. Yes. Um, that was one. Yes. Do you, remember how good those were? Yes. Uh, the burgers and brews, yes. Yes, yes. They were like right on the money. I thought these were these were wonderful. And at that point, that was great because I was I just had that interview with Tom, and I was I came back and I felt like such a schmuck because I, I was just kind of like I was ruining your ruining your night. You're in Stacy's, 
and you kind of like invited us, invited me to eat with you all. And I thought, I'll get out of your head, Jeff, get out of your head and just enjoy yourselves. And it just, you're, you're both looking at me like, well, go ahead and share, unload, go ahead. It's like, no, I can't, I don't want to. It just Isn't this food wonderful? You know, it's just, it's just so funny. Um, that's just so cool. Um, all right. Your, your favorite artist, who's your favorite artist, author, musician, painter, sculptor, actor, who, who would you say would be your favorite artist right now? Well, this may be another one that might be a bit surprising, but (laughs) I can't help myself. Believe it or not, it's my daughter. Oh, cool. Uh, She was trained as a jazz vocalist. And then she ended up um, in college uh, being trained. Then after that, as being able to sing classical. And then in the midst of that, she uh, became, in my estimation, a very good pianist. She doesn't consider herself to be that good of a pianist simply because she will say, Dad, you have no idea how good jazz pianists are because of the way they can play and improvise and all of that. But I think she's good. But she also uh, leads worship at a cathedral, and she's gotten a couple of words about her being able to write some music that will be um, very impactful. And so, honestly, when I thought of that, I thought, you know, I've I've learned to really love music because of her, but I think she's honestly my favorite artist. That's wonderful. That is so cool. But the fact matters is that, see, um, our son, Eli, you know, the jazz trombonist, and um, yeah, you know, so see, but your daughter got married. Yes, yeah, so I like ruined everything. Yeah. So I've been like, it've been like so cool, but now she had to get married. Um, yeah, yeah. So, but that's very, that's very cool. No, that that's not anything other than that's very cool. Good for you. Mention her. Uh, favorite movie. Here we go. Favorite movie. Well, growing what? up, my my mother was a real movie buff, and so I've always been drawn to movies and so I've watched a lot of movies and movies have been very very important to me over the years as illustrations and just as as teaching moments and so that was a hard one for me too but as I thought about it oddly enough the one I kind of seemed to hone in on was one that's probably not familiar to a lot of people it's an it's a western and the title of it is Nevada Smith hmm Okay. And it's got Steve McQueen in it, and uh, Martin Landau, and Carl Malden, and Suzanne Flechette, and Brian Keith. And those names would not mean probably much to a younger generation for those who have a few years under their belt. But uh, it was, uh, it was a, I just thought a very, very good movie that had to do with. uh, some real redemption at the end, but it's uh, it's a western. It's exciting. It has adventure. It has, I think, some great storylines in it, and uh, uh, that would be my choice. Nevada Smith. Now, now was was Steve McQueen the lead? So I'm I'm looking this yeah. up. Steve McQueen yeah, was, was the lead because there there were a bunch of movies where, believe it or not, where Steve McQueen was not the lead. Um, but Steve, yeah. McQueen, Steve McQueen's the bomb. Deleted. Steve McQueen is great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is. There it is. Holy cow. 
I know I've seen this movie. I know I've seen this movie. All right, Nevada Smith. All right, I have to look it up and and uh, watch it again. That's that's just great. Okay, I like them. I like all three. They're just very good. I want to close this out, and I just want to tell you how much you mean to me as a friend, uh, how much uh, you have meant to me uh, at this in this season of my life. You are you're you're honest. You are a powerful man of God. You are sensitive to so many things in ministry and in the movement of the spirits and i just um i appreciate you on so so many different levels you're a tremendous friend of mine and uh, i'm glad we did this well so am i and i i so appreciate you um asking me to uh um to participate in this and your friendship uh means the world to me and to us as well as well as april so Thank you for doing this, and thank you for uh, giving myself the privilege of uh, of talking with you about some stuff that's uh, uh, formed and shaped who I am. And so I appreciate that you even wanted to hear. Absolutely. So thank you very much. Absolutely. Thanks again, Mark, for sharing your story. I'm glad you're listening and letting us know you're out there. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast where you can and leave a comment on Facebook or iTunes or Google Podcasts. That would be great. Well, we'll see you on the journey. Take care. Bye-bye.